Good Tuesday morning. Slight chance of some rain. Patchy fog this morning. We'll hit that first alert forecast coming up here in a moment. Yesterday, breaking the 22-year tradition of a president of the United States commemorating 9-11 with uh, his presence at one of the the uh, attack slash crash site locations, uh, Biden, uh, just during a layover uh, to fuel up in Alaska, uh, made a few remarks. Uh, you know, he started with cracking some jokes because 9-11's hilarious after all. And uh, then, of course, he had to tell a lie about how he was there standing in the rubble the day after 9-11, looking in the gates of hell. This, of course, did not happen. But why? <laughs> I, I, for the you know those that even on uh, on the national news programs opening or, or uh, openly speculating why 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 is it that that they would not have Joe Biden at Ground Zero? I think we know why. I mean, it's these sorts of things, right? And you know, there there's another reason aside from his inability to not lie particularly when it comes to other people's tragedies and his his need I, you know, I don't even think it's a desire I think there's this psychological need that he has in order to make tragedies about him somehow or insert himself into tragedies and so for this instance, it was claiming that he was there as the dust was settling just the day after the attacks on 9-11. The environment that he was in, in Alaska, this was completely controlled. And he's the commander-in-chief, and he's amongst military. 9-11, particularly at the site where the Twin Towers were is filled with citizens. Citizens that are much more difficult to control. So the President of the United States can stand in Alaska, crack jokes before his remarks on 9-11, tell clearly provable lives lies about his involvement uh, being there the day after looking in the gates of hell and he doesn't have to worry about people heckling him he doesn't have to worry about somebody yelling liar he does not have to worry about people booing him because he's not amongst friends and family members of people who died on 9-11. He's not, he's not surrounded by New Yorkers. And while New York City clearly disproportionately is filled with Democrat voters, 
you are going to have mixed, you know, politically mixed crowds there and people, again, that aren't looking at their commander in chief. And so I suspect that it wasn't simply about keeping him off center stage for the sake of center stage, but it was about keeping him out of an arena in which Americans, particularly those that could or that had a, a real true connection to 9-11, the loss of a loved one, or, or some that were perhaps there in, in the building, there on the ground, uh, when it actually did happen, uh, not having him in a sea of those individuals where they could openly express their thoughts about Joe Biden. Um, I know there were a number of individuals that did have actual connections to 9-11 that were expressing their disgust in interviews with Joe Biden. But then when it came to his lack of presence there, many of them actually just said, you know what, it's probably best anyhow that he doesn't show his face. So I suspect it was a combination of reasons. But we do have some of the audio of him cracking jokes and then making his claims, uh, of course, that he was there the day after, um, which, of course, was, as usual, not true. I'm not sure that there is a significant event or a moment, I should say, in which he is telling a story that involves him that isn't a lie. I mean, really. It seems as if every single time he is talking about, well, I know how you feel because of this, or, well, I'm not saying I know how you feel, but let me tell you a story about what happened to me or my family. I, it, they're always not true. I don't know that this guy even knows the difference between reality and fantasy any longer. And I mean that. I believe a combination of spending your entire life lying about who you are. Combined with cognitive issues has left this individual floating in in this sort of cross stream of reality and fantasy. And I don't know that he could genuinely tell you the difference between something that actually happened to him versus something that he claims happened to him. Look at the weather in a moment. First, the latest news update. Good morning, I'm Keller 10's Jesse Inman. Here's a look at what's making news on your Monday. The 22-year mark of the September 11th attacks is today. In a special ceremony dedicated to those who lost their lives, the College of the Ozarks is hosting a memorial ceremony at their campus today. Dr. Lauren Lundstrom was in the Pentagon at the time of the attack and will be the guest speaker today. That event is at 9 a.m. More on OzarksFirst.com. The annual fall cleanup starts today in Branson. That service is provided by the city at no cost to help residents dispose of large items. Today is Ward 1, the cleanup service only being provided to individual residents, not businesses or commercial entities. And Convoy of Hope is sending resources to help with the earthquakes in Morocco. For Color 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. All right, obviously news from yesterday. Apologies on that. First alert forecast, Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Cloudy this morning, slight chance of rain, some patchy fog, then mostly sunny with a high of 74 tonight, clear 54 tomorrow, 
Sunny with a high of 77. Everyone, it's Sarah Myers. Hey, thank you. Well, Thanks you, for coming back. Yeah, you're welcome. I figured, you know, it was a good time to take a vacation. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, was it good? Uh, Did you get yeah. out of your system? Yeah, I guess so. Good. You know, the end of it was a little crummy there, but you know... We did the best we could. But let me tell you, youth deer season is just a few weeks away. And for all of your firearm needs, visit Brad and his team down to Quick Draw Gun in Monette. Now, Quick Draw, they have all of your firearm needs from ammo to scopes to new firearms to add to your collection. They have it all. And uh, they have top-notch customer service as well. The husband, he has been dying to go down there lately. And today's actually our anniversary. So maybe we'll take a surprise trip down there, do some shopping. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, we might also take advantage of their custom laser engraving services as well. Now, if you haven't seen that yet, it's pretty neat. It's also a really great gift for someone who is a little difficult to shop for. So whether you are needing to add to your collection, uh, if you need accessories, or if you are a first-time firearm owner, I recommend that you take a trip down to Monette and speak to Brad and his team today. You can find all of their contact information under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. All right, a couple of audio bits from the Commander-in-Chief yesterday, who, of course, decided to break tradition of the the president of the United States every year since 9-11, making remarks at one of the sites. Uh, I I don't know if it's always been the Twin Tower sites, if there's been a um, Pentagon site visit, but it's always at one of the visits. And instead, uh, while fueling up for gas in Alaska, this is you know, anytime these flights take place, there's about an hour or hour and a half stopover in Alaska to fuel up. Um, Biden decided he would go ahead and make some remarks at that point, and he opened up with a joke. Governor, Don Levy, it's good to see you. Governor and I have something in common. We're both from Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I wish I had him playing in my high school ball club that I was playing, but I would have, could have been an All-American having you in front of me. Um, I'm sure it's not shocking that there was not a lot of laughter for a a number of different reasons. One, um, he's not funny. Um, But secondly, this was supposed to be the opening of his remarks regarding 9-11. Well, they were his remarks regarding 9-11. The guy just cannot help it. He cannot. I do not think he can open his mouth without talking about him. He has to be the center of attention. He, he He cannot help it. I mean, it really is an illness that I don't think there is any moment that is off bounds for the guy. I'm trying to think in my mind, what scenario would even he he say to himself, no, no, Joe, now's not the time to tell a story about you. Now's not a time to talk about when you were in football in high school or when you were uh, dealing with a kitchen fire. Now's not the time to talk about your son dying. Now's not the time. I, and I don't know that there there is a moment. You'd think, well, okay, uh, clearly we have the answer regarding commemoration of 9-11. The, the horrific uh, situation in Hawaii, which they have done a pretty good job of getting the media to just forget about even covering. 
You know, I had to talk about that house fire. And, he, of course, he's got to always lie about it, make it sound worse than it was. And he talked, to, you know, down in Florida, the hurricane down there. I just don't know that there is any event that is too sacred for this guy not to make it about himself. So he opened with a joke, which, of course, was about him and, and being from Scranton. And then at one point he told a lie regarding being at ground zero the day after the towers came down. Ground zero in New York. Oh. I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could away from where you could stand. I'm not even sure what that because of the way where you could stand. Um, no, you don't remember that. No, you sure don't. Did not happen. Best anyone can tell it was about a week and a half after that uh, he and other members of Congress were uh, allowed to be down in that area to you know sort of survey what had occurred, which of course is expected. Uh, but as for being there the next day, remembering that he was there the next day, nope, nope, didn't happen. <laughs> Did not happen. Peter Ducey, uh, and this wasn't in, in front of cameras, it wasn't during any sort of Green Jean-Pierre press briefing, but he had he had asked some White House folk, about Biden deciding to break this tradition. And he said that it was relayed to him, the, the position of the White House was that, well, Biden didn't have to because uh, 22 years after Pearl Harbor, presidents weren't still going there. The, uh, okay, I mean, when provided an absurd explanation looking at it evaluating it is absurd itself but nonetheless this is what we have with this white house well number one uh that was different for a number of reasons one um hawaii wasn't really part of the united states yes it was the, the this was military and we were looking at an attack on uh, military infrastructure, and there were lives lost, horrifically. It wasn't an attack with this sort of magnitude on this sort of scale targeting specifically civilians like 9-11 was. Um, just the logistics... It is a lot easier for a president to be in New York than it is Hawaii. And today, travel is much easier anyhow than it was back then. So you're talking about the logistics of travel to Hawaii back after Pearl Harbor versus getting to New York City as president in 2023. A little bit of a difference there. And... These 9-11 memorial services that take place are attended by thousands of people who had a direct connection. This is a coming together. That's not something that occurred at Pearl Harbor. Again, it is absolutely absurd to even have to explain how this is different, but these are the depths that they go to try to explain away 
these what what honestly should be absolute no-brainer situations. The ability of this administration to take what should be real easy, frankly, I mean, just look at it from a political standpoint, real easy photo ops. Biden is an extremely unpopular president. And a no-brainer easy, even if you don't speak, you don't say anything. You just go. You just sit there and you leave. That is the sort of thing that you, that as president you do. And then if anyone criticizes or attacks you, then it looks bad on them because you're, you know, this is 9-11 and this is supposed to be about a time coming together. But this administration just has this knack of taking what should be an absolute no-brainer, positive thing for a president that is very, very unpopular at this time and just blow them. I mean, it is... It is absolutely remarkable. And these are the, this is the easy stuff for a president. In fact, oftentimes, I mean, ceremonial things are no-brainer easy things. No-brainer easy thing. And Biden can't even do ceremonial things. Coming up, and I just want to hit on a couple other aspects. And I know we talked yesterday about 9-11 and, and this, you know, never forget, which is a hilariously inappropriate slogan for 9-11, given how we have the left that sees, in fact, um, one of the journalists white who covers the White House for the Huffington Post put out a tweet saying 22 years ago this morning, a foreign terrorist murdered nearly 3,000 Americans, but he could not come close to ending or even hurting our democracy. That attack arrived 19 years, three months, and 26 days later at the hands of Americans. He's talking about uh, January 6th. Think about how twisted of a mind must one have to equate what happened on the Capitol in the Capitol, with what the people went through, not to mention the 3,000-plus Americans slaughtered on 9-11. What sort of sick, twisted mind? And how almost dismissive it is of what 9-11 actually was. This isn't uncommon for people on the left. I mean, Biden himself has has said that that you know that January sixth was was just as bad, if not worse, than nine eleven. What? Go tell that to the family members that listen to their voicemails as they're watching the towers co- uh, come down, hearing the last words of their loved ones who are calling and leaving them messages just to tell them one last goodbye. You sick SOBs. Springfield's Talk 104.1, I'm Nick Reed. There was, yesterday or the day before, MSNBC, a a commentator, and, and these Democrats are becoming increasingly vocal about their belief that Trump and Trump supporters should just be thrown in prison for the rest of their lives. 
and equating Trump supporters and what occurred on January 6th to 9-11. You had numerous Democrats yesterday tweeting out that what you know messages that Trump was worse than bin Laden because bin Laden never swore what here's one of the tweets uh Osama bin Laden after all had never taken an oath to protect and defend the constitution of the United States our 45th president had ironically the locus of his assault was the same building that was saved by the bravery of the passengers on on United 93 I mean, this is what you get from a lot of Democrat activists. And I'm not sure what is more offensive really it, it doesn't even, it's dark, it's macabre, it's twisted. These people are psycho. They're psychopaths. Whether it is more psychotic to diminish and be and to downplay what occurred on 9-11 by comparing it to January 6th or to try and so demonize Americans that do not take a knee and bow down before their ideology to characterize those Americans as the hijackers on 9-11. This is why this is really the point and the takeaway here. The instinct of a lot of people is to just dismiss these perspectives that are vocalized because they're lunatics. What do you think that these people will do once they feel they have the green light to do it to their political opposition? I mean, you already, their mindset is you're worse than 9-11 hijackers. Their mindset is that Donald Trump is worse than bin Laden. They already equate Trump supporters and Republicans to Nazis, which of course is hilarious given that the Nazi party was the socialist party, which is what the Democrats are. I think that there are still a lot of Americans that cannot comprehend the fact that they will begin if they are allowed to, if they have their way, the expansion of imprisoning political opposition and the and the killing of political opposition. Look at with what little um, uh, or w- what great disregard there was for the killing of Ashley Babbitt. Everyone knows, everyone agrees she was completely unarmed. Witnesses in the Capitol note, including some in law enforcement, that there was never a moment when the Capitol police officer who murdered her said, hey, stop, police, I'll shoot, just open fire on her. She's just irrelevant. She was just a Trump supporter. It is truly dangerous. These people are the true danger because they are calling for, 
They are pushing for the rounding up of political opposition, the imprisoning of political opposition. And then when you have an instance like on January 6th and you have a protester that is totally unarmed, not in any way, shape or form, by anyone's accord, a physical danger to a member of the Capitol Hill police, he shoots her dead. And not only do people shrug their shoulders, but people on the left say she had it coming and celebrate that Capitol Hill police officer is a hero for an execution. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty owner, broker. House Theory Realty. You can read reviews online. Sarah's told you, I've told you our, our personal experience with Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. And I'm telling you, you're just going to get the best. It's as uh, simple as that. I've been telling you this for a couple of years. Many people, many of you know people who've used Emily Johnson, and you just you, you hear it over and over and over again. And this is for financially one for most people, one of the largest decisions, one of the largest investments, if you will, that you're ever going to make in your life. And for a lot of people in the industry, it's just about commissions and transactions. But Emily Johnson, she understands what it is about. She understands that it's so much more than that and how important it is. And that's why she's there to to guide you, to advise you, to help you. And that's why she is the best. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. First alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Cloudy this morning. Slight chance of rain, some patchy fog, then mostly sunny. I have 74. Clear 54 tonight. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 77. The never forget. The, the reason, of course, yesterday we talked a bit about 9-11. Today, reflecting on some of yesterday's re- reflection of it, I just wanted to make a couple other points. And we talked about the never forget and... and um, that can mean a couple of different things. For some people, it is about the event itself, the not wanting to forget those who uh, lost their lives that just went to work one day, just like today. You're getting up, you're going to work. Those who, knowing that they could very well die by running into the buildings, did so. Firefighters, police officers. It is amazing how quickly the left has managed to take what after 9-11 was a profession, law enforcement, uh, and and seen with tremendous praise and recognized culturally as a profession filled with people that are willing to sacrifice themselves for the safety of others, managed to take that profession and so demonize it that when they had the ability to in certain towns and cities, rather, that they run as a party, completely strip them of funding in some instances. I I mean, talk about a complete about-face in generation or two. But then there was also the never-forget the the mistakes that we made, how we had our eye off the ball, we told ourselves that part of the problem was that this was a new form of warfare and we were accustomed to 
you know, keeping a watch out on old forms of warfare, right? So we had the 9-11 Commission. What happened? What did we miss? How can we make sure not to miss these things again? And one of the, 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 the biggest takeaways was the fact that none of these terrorists should have been in the country. They weren't in the country legally. And it wasn't that they snuck in. It was that they came in, they were granted visas, and they overstayed their visas. They were not supposed to be here any longer. And so this was one of the big takeaways that, okay, well, had it not been for that, 9-11, those attacks would not have occurred, at least not in the fashion they did with those individuals. If they had been deported, and it wasn't as if we didn't know where they were. Knowing that, understanding that, quote, never forgetting that. Breitbart has a story. Seven 9-11 hijackers were in U.S. thanks to loophole used by 845,000 individuals last year alone in the United States. John Bender writing that seven of the 19 Islamic terrorists who hijacked commercial planes on September 11, 2001, killing nearly 3,000 Americans, remained in the U.S. after overstaying their visas thanks to a wide-open loophole that allowed nearly 854,000 illegal aliens to stay in the U.S. In total, all 19 terrorists arrived legally in the U.S. as 16 secured tourist visas and three obtained business and student visas. Eventually, on September 11th, the terrorists executed attacks, of course, that would kill 2,977 Americans and have since left thousands more Americans dead with illness related to the attack. Seven of the 19 terrorists overstayed their visas either before the attacks or at the time of the attacks, despite U.S. immigration law requiring their detainment and potential deportation. None were detained or deported. And you look at the hundreds of thousands that are in this country today that have overstayed visas. You look at how we have hundreds of individuals that the Biden administration admits are on the terror watch list here in the United that you know are just running around the we don't know exactly where they are. It is profound. profound how we are having the lessons that we learned thrown in our face and we are just completely ignoring it and i can tell you what 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 is going to happen if there is some sort of other horrific terrorist attack in whatever form it is and we learn that the the entryway into the United States was similar to the ways of those who were here on 9-11, the ways that we learned, uh-oh, we better make sure this doesn't happen again, and we allow it to happen again. It won't be their fault. Oh, no, no, no. It will not be their fault at all. It will not be the fault of those who refuse to enforce our immigration system. It will not be the fault of those who during a Democratic presidential primary debate, told everyone, hey, those of you who were turned away at the border under Trump, if I get elected president, come on back. 
Oh no, none of those people will be responsible. What will they say, you may ask? Well, I'll tell you exactly what they'll say. They'll say, we were handed a broken system, see. We were handed a broken system, not our fault. We are at the point, and we have been, I believe, for some time, in which the reason that we are not suffering another 9-11 style attack is simply because no one is has decided to do it. Because it certainly isn't because we've buttoned up our border, we've buttoned up our immigration system, we've buttoned up things when it comes to overstaying visas, certainly isn't for those reasons. It is simply because no one has decided to execute another one of those attacks. Or they haven't executed one. Um, perhaps something is in the works. We should hope not. In the meantime, on 9-11, the Biden administration announces a bounty on the heads of Americans, $6 billion in frozen funds to the number one exporter of terrorism in the world, Iran. I think right now there's a race, there's a contest, there's some under-the-table bet going on between the terrorists who were on Iran and the terrorists who were given the country of Afghanistan as to which country, which terrorist organization can most benefit from Joe Biden being president of the United States. And you're going to announce this deal on 9-11? What details exist on that deal next? I'm Nick Reed. A1 Custom Car Care, all of your car care needs. And financing's available if you don't have the best credit in the world. If you do have the best credit in the world, it's available. But if you don't have the best credit in the world, it is also available. 101 days, 0% financing. They can explain all the details for you. Is it the right thing for you to do? That's you know, It's all going to be based on your particular situation, your decisions. But sometimes you, know, you find yourself in just a horrific situ and you got to get to work, but your car's not working, but you can't fix your car because you can't get to work to make the money and so forth. So it's an option available to you. A1 Custom Car Care. The Biden administration has struck a deal with Iran to swap prisoners and release $6 billion in frozen Iranian funds. Per the deal, Iran will release five American citizens detained in Iran, and the U.S. released five Iranian citizens being held in the U.S. The deal creates a blanket waiver to transfer $6 billion in frozen Iranian money from South Korea to Qatar without fear of violating U.S. sanctions. No money is going directly to Iran and no U.S. taxpayer funds are being used. The United States classifies Iran as a state sponsor of terrorism. Uh, Blinken signed off on the deal late last week, but Congress was not notified of the decision until Monday, which, of course, was the 22nd anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. The transfer of the $6 billion was the critical element in the prisoner release deal, which saw four of the five Americans detainees transferred from Iranian jails into house arrest last month. The fifth detainee had already been under house arrest. 
due to numerous U.S. sanctions on foreign banks that engage in transactions aimed at benefiting Iran. Several European countries had balked at participating in the transfer. Blinken's waiver is aimed at easing their concerns about any risks of U.S. sanctions. So essentially, we are working on behalf of the Iranians now. National Security Council spokesperson Adrian Watson said that Secretary Blinken undertook the procedural step last week on behalf of Iran, quote, to ensure Iranian funds could move from one restricted account to another and remain restricted to humanitarian trade. Oh, well, we're all going to believe that, aren't we? See, this is why, oh, they can only use it for humanitarian aid. Oh, well, I'm sure that that's exactly what they'll do. Only for humanitarian aid. I'm sure we'll keep on top of that because we have a real knack for holding terrorist nations account accountable to their word, don't we? Do we need a reminder as to how it is that North Korea obtained nuclear weapons? Oh, well, see, they promised that they would only use the funding we gave them and the technology we gave them for peaceful purposes. So don't worry, world. They're only going to be able to use it for good. Incidentally, Kim Jong-un is on his way. He's in a train to meet with Putin in Russia. As he has relaunched his efforts to become a nuclear power. Something that he quit doing under Trump, but has gone back, you know, to his old ways. The, the incredible deal that the Obama administration came up with, ironically, it was, of course, proposed as uh, making sure that Iran never became a nuclear power, but instead did the opposite and helped facilitate it. But they promised, oh boy, they promised that they wouldn't do anything bad. And of course, immediately they began. Moving closer to having nuclear capabilities. We were told, don't worry, there's, I remember the term distinctly, snap back. Things would snap back and we would pull out of that agreement immediately if they violated it. And of course we never did until Trump came along and actually abided by the quote snap back promise that uh, Obama gave us. And then Trump is the one that was demonized. Apparently, the days of America not negotiating with terrorism as a policy is done and over. We have seen it occur on a number of other occasions. The Taliban, of course, demanding the acquisition of five of their most wanted terrorists, five of the most dangerous terrorists in the world in exchange for one of our guys that abandoned the United States and went to hang out with the Taliban while in Afghanistan. We've had a few other deals along the way, but once upon a time, we had it, it was just the policy. Don't do it. We don't do it. We don't do it. Why don't you do it? Because then it incentivizes terrorists to carry out terrorist attacks to hold Americans hostage for money. And while if you have one administration do it once, you could sort of kind of be like, oh, okay. but it's clearly now the policy of the United States 
to put the bounty, put a bounty on the heads of Americans, to put value to detaining Americans. For Iran, 1.2 billion a person, I guess. That, that, that's, that is what the, the price, if we're talking about five Americans that have been wrongly detained, well, yeah, but we need to get them out because they're wrongly detained. If they're wrongly detained, why are we giving the Iranians $6 billion in order to get them back? As if we did something wrong. So if you do the math on this, $6 billion, five Americans, that's $1.2 billion ahead. That is the price. That is the value that this administration is giving to detaining Americans. That's what some people would call incentive. Facebook up and running live so I go to live. from in studio. That thanks to Springfield Raps. Who also designed the KSGF studio. The Facebook page is 1041 Nick Reed. I know we're just Tuesday end of the week, but Friday, just a reminder, we will be out at Scramblers. Our Friday Road Show every Friday broadcasting from 6A to 9A. Sponsored by Affordable Towing. I want to come talk about uh, about, among other things, uh, this NPR story, and it was, they were following uh, Jennifer Granholm and this whole EV thing. And of course, like oftentimes with electric vehicle, people that take trips, they find out that it oftentimes is an unmitigated nightmare. But there's a broader point that's being missed about all this, that I think we all need to, this, this is... Why socialist countries, communist countries, fascist countries, why their economies look the way that they do look. There needs to be a real understanding of this. So that in the upcoming hour, I'm Nick Reed.